The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to Talk of the Tune, a Newcastle United podcast. My name is Will, and as usual, I'm joined by my good pals and co-hosts, Hodgie and Gray. You all right, lads? Good, how you doing? Hello. Champion, thank you very much, thank you. Yeah, enjoying our second bank holiday weekend in a row. What have you lads been up to for the bank holiday? Hodge, you start us off. Went to the football yesterday. Ah, boo. That was good and bad in uh, kind of equal measures, I guess. Apart from that, just being pretty chill. Going to go for a walk with Mr. Grey after the recording down to the Ooseburn. Ah, lovely. Thanks for the invite. Get nice and wet by the looks of it. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Sir Leslie of Grey, what have you been up to this weekend? Saturday is threading driving back from Cornwall, so like nine hours in a car. Gross. But we made it back in time for the match yesterday. And like Hodge says, we're going to be meeting road dog walking, probably some pastries or something. How middle class are we? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> fucking hell, great. You love a pastry. Now we're going to have a stotty and a fucking bottle of brew in the morning. That's oh, better. That's better. <laughs> a weird bit of a sausage sandwich right now. Like. Fucking hell, yeah, that's a bit better. Maybe don't start off with the pastries next time. We, as, as Hodgie <laughs> says, we have a fucking reputation to fucking a pool here. Like, <laughs> On that note, opener question, icebreaker question this week, and we'll go to Grey first. Grey, what is your favourite pub in Newcastle? Oh, that's a good one. Do I go local to support local or do I go for one in town? Actually, no. Uh, Wild and Brewing, if that counts as a pub, that'd be my favourite. Are we counting that as a pub, Hodge? Terms beer, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it is brewery. We'll allow it for the sake of that, because Gray will probably then go on for another five minutes thinking about <laughs> one. Uh, Wyland Brewery for Monsieur Gray and Hodge, your favourite pub in Newcastle? Wyland's a good shout, but I regularly haunt Quattro quite a bit, I suppose, so Osborne Road. Is that a pub or a bar? I was going to say, these are two very questionable pubs. You want like a pub pub then? You want like a pub oh. old school boozer? Yeah, otherwise I would have said, what's your favourite bar slash brewery slash pub? okay fair enough I'll go city centre then you're going to say Krampus all day I know you're going to say that so I'll leave that for you fuck it (laughs) (laughs) me pals Lost Runderer give him a bit of shout out if you haven't been there go see it it's by the stadium right next to the stadium if we're saying pubs I say the Bridge Tavern Bridge Tavern the Lost Wanderer and yeah Hodge you've taken the words right out of my mouth I'm a big fan of the Krampus order they do a good Guinness down there so it's one for me uh, right, let's get into the football, begrudgingly. But before we do, a bit of positive news. We just want to say a huge congratulations to Newcastle United's women's team, who yesterday were crowned champions of National League Division 1 North with a 2-0 win over Barnsley with goals from Casey Elson and Katie Barker. So well done. The women's team have been promoted. bit of positive news over the bank holiday weekend. The flip side of that, we talk about the fucking men's team letting us <laughs> down, as usual. Terrible season we've been on. Three words to sum up that game, and we'll go to Hodgie first. Petty time-wasting. Oh, someone's bitter. 
Gray, you have come prepared for once. You're between two. Give us your three words to sum up that game against Arsenal. Can I give both? Because one's related to Newcastle. <laughs> if you're quick. I'm, I'm, I can't be asked to argue with you this time round. <laughs> <laughs> I love recording in the morning. So the first one is referees a wanker, which everyone was in agreement with. Okay, I love that one. But one in relation to Newcastle was off the boil. Ooh. There you go. It's a bit controversial. My three words are Arsenal were better, unfortunately. Through gritted teeth, he says. Yeah, I think on reflection, we'll get into it, but I think it probably sums up the match and hopefully we all agree again, begrudgingly. But let's get into it. So both of you lads were at the game yesterday. Electric atmosphere, as usual, at the fortress that is St. James's Park. Another excellent display from War Flags yesterday in the stadium. Flags are plenty. And also, of course, the Bring Your Scarf campaign was brought back. Did you lads bring your scarves? No, I don't have any Castaneda scarf. I couldn't find it. Terrible. Call ourselves fans, eh? Fans, you are terrible. I wasn't allowed to wear my shirt, neither, man. I was in the posh bit having food and that. Oh, yeah. With all the Arsenal fans. Yeah, with all the Arsenal fans. (laughs) (laughs) There was a lot of Londoners in there, the barracks bit the day when I was there. I saw a video of an Arsenal fan who was sat in with the Newcastle fans yesterday getting chinned and dragged out the stadium. Yeah. Basically between me and Hodge. (laughs) Was it? (laughs) Yeah. Did you see it all going off? Uh, Well, everyone spent 10 minutes looking behind us instead of watching with football, so I presume that's what it was. Fucking hell, yeah. Bit of drama for the day. But yes, sorry, so great atmosphere on the day. Unfortunately, the result didn't go our way. We ended up losing 2-0 to the fucking Gunners, which no one likes to hear. Right, Hodgie, we got off to a great start. Do you want to kick us off? Yeah, the atmosphere was absolutely electric in the first couple of minutes, and I think the absolute roof would have came off <laughs> St. James as if Murphy had not hit the post, but hit the post and went in. That would have been fantastic. Like I think that kind of start is what we like to see. Arsenal were a little bit frantic. We kind of were a little bit, but it's been better than what we've had recently where we've just been under the pressure, under the pressure. We give it a little bit back, which was good to see. Just, I think they, they started taking the piss early on and I'll come to my point of petty time wasting. Ramsdale could have probably been booked in the first 10 minutes the amount of time he was taking to take a goal kick. They've kind of come for a point when they grabbed that kind of first goal with Odegaard. They then went, oh, okay, well, we'll just time waste to see if we can drag this out and make it three. I hate that style of football. We've been accused of it doing it a couple of times. I don't think we really do it or set out to do it. And I think it's really piss poor management if you start out that way. I think that just shows a little bit of weakness personally from them because they've been under a bit of pressure recently to try and get points and haven't been getting them. So that's my kind of piece at the start for that first 10 minute period, 12 minutes until they scored uh, with Odegaard obviously having Way too much time on the edge of the box. Let him pick his spot and you can see why he's got 15 goals this season. Yeah, well, it could have been a very different story, couldn't it, Gray? I mean, within that first 10-minute period, you've got Jacob Murphy hitting the bar and we are denied a penalty claim. Could have been a very different result on the day had those gone our way, couldn't they? Yeah. Again, we've been beaten by a matter of inches. We hit the post twice. The penalty shout, I'm still trying to figure out if it actually made contact with his arm or not, or if it was just his leg. The more I watch it, the more it does look like it's just his leg. So maybe the right call was made there, but I was beaming <laughs> when they showed the replay on the big screen in the stadium because I only allowed to show it once. And it looked like it hit his left arm, which moved away from his body. And I was like, are they checking for it to be a deliberate handball or not? The way the referee gave it so quickly, I was like, you must be checking for a deliberate handball there. 
but yeah, no, clearly not. Yeah, I think looking at it with the benefit of the replays on the telly, when you slow it down to slow motion of all slow motions, you can kind of see that it bounces up off his thigh. I thought it like pushed his arm back because his arm kind of goes back a bit of a jerking motion. But I think the angles they were looking at it, it seemed as though it hit his thigh and kind of bounces up because his shorts move on the replay. But a really frustrating one. But even without that, good work again from Jacob Murphy on that right-hand side. I think it was Joe Willock actually who starts it off on the left-hand side. He beats his man. I think it was their right back, Ben White. Joe Willock, really, really powerful run up that left-hand side and puts a great cross in with his left foot as he's on the move. Then Jacob Murphy receives it, right-hand side of the box, cuts inside on his left foot, hits the post. And there was about three Newcastle players in that six-yard box who it could have fallen to for that second ball. And it manages to evade them all, which is really frustrating. I thought it was going to be our day. First time, I think, from the get-go, we've seen Isaac and Wilson start. Hodge, what were your thoughts when you saw the two lads starting together? Obviously, he was going to try and throw the kitchen sink at it a bit. I think taking it to Arsenal was probably the right call and not sitting back like we are at home and the fans are going to be expecting us to kind of come out and keep our form at home, which has been fantastic this season. It's one of those things, though, it's like a, going back to like Bar and Cissé, never played well with each other for like big stretches and I just don't know if it's going to be a thing where they'll play well together when someone comes on off the bench and, and wants to prove it or I just don't see it working fully having like them together for 90 minutes I mean obviously Wilson got taken off at one point and Isaac pushed forward to play by himself but I just think Isaac didn't really get support it sounds weird to say that I thought he was isolated but he actually had a lot of the ball he just didn't have options to go off on that next kind of phase I don't think Wilson had the best of games. I think he was quite well hushed by Gabriel at certain points. I don't think he had an absolute shocker game. I still think he still played quite well, but I just don't think there was enough being done off the ball for them both to have worked together today, really. I don't know what it is, but you saying Gabriel just makes me think of dreams can come true. Come true. <laughs> <laughs> Gray, I imagine you have a few thoughts on uh, the performances that Isaac and Wilson put in yesterday. Yeah, I think we were all calling out for it for a little while after seeing them both hit goals for fun for the last few weeks. But there was part of me which was thinking, is it right to do this against Arsenal? But then I remember they had Ben White at right back. So I thought actually it's probably not a bad shot to have Isaac out wide. But then watching the game and Isaac in particular, he just didn't seem to know how to link up with the other players. And he seemed to be holding back a lot as opposed to trying to get close to someone like Wilson to pick up that, say, second ball. Wilson's very strong, so if he wins a header or gets it down, he's looking for one of those quick passes out either side of him, and Isaac just wasn't there to support. And there is one moment which stands out quite vividly in my head from yesterday when Callum Wilson busted gut down the pitch to try to keep the ball in near their left-hand corner flag. And Isaac was in acres of space, but he just stood almost at the halfway line, just watched. And for me, that just kind of summed up his game a little bit yesterday. He just didn't really seem to know where to be at the right time playing out wide. It seems strange when he comes on and he's put out wide or when Wilson comes on and he's moved out wide, he's almost given a bit more freedom to pick the ball up where he wants and attack from where he wants. But I think starting out left may have inhibited his game a little bit because he had more work defensively than possibly he, he likes to do. Yeah, it had all the hallmarks of being a great day. 
I mean, you got the two lads starting together the first time. Everyone excited about that. Great atmosphere. Great start again from us. But of course, as Hodge said, the wind was taken very much out of our sails when Odegaard has all the time in the world to pick his spot and fire Arsenal 1-0 ahead. That was a sign of things to come, especially in that midfield. And I think one thing I'd really like to talk about is how we were played off the park that midfield three versus their midfield three. So they had Jorginho, Odegaard and Xhaka, Granite Xhaka, he's a little bitch by the way, <laughs> against Joe Linton, Bruno and Joe Willock. And I think they definitely won that battle. It, tactics, whatever, um, experience, I don't know what you put it down to. There's a number of things, but Odegaard has all the time in the world, as I say, to pick that spot. No one closes him down. I think it should be Willock, but no one's there and he fires at home. Very, very frustrating. And then they just really grind out that first half. It seems every time one of our players touched one of their players, they went down. And we've talked about already, they were time-wasting massively. Xhaka, for me, very much was villain of the day yesterday, trying to get in fights, trying to wind Joe Linton up, which he did. I think Joe Linton was ready to rip someone's head off at one stage. I think they got in our heads, and Bruno and Joe Linton in particular, which is a a real shame to say, were very much off the pace today. Hodge, I know you messaged the group yesterday saying the same thing. How did it feel being in the stadium watching their performances? Yeah, it was interesting to see that a player called Dorginio spent most of his time on the ground rather than on his feet, but still managed to play better than <laughs> I think R2 uh, in the middle there. I, just nothing was really firing. I think the passing was a little bit lax at some bits. They were trying to do a little bit too much, which against an Arsenal team that are going to press is just not really going to happen. I think it not only just means that they didn't necessarily play quick enough. I just think sometimes the support really kind of wasn't there to, to offer that ball to their feet. It's a, it's a tricky one. I mean, Arsenal are obviously a good team and I just don't think there's a big enough gap between us and Arsenal and what they've been doing this season as there was today in this game. Any other time, we could have probably had them, I think, especially with their form. And just rubber the green is one thing that just didn't kind of go our way along with the kind of tactics of the time wasting and being very bitty and just because we, we like a game where we're in control and, we're, and it's free flowing, whereas just we didn't have the opportunity to have that. So there's a couple of things that are in there, but I still think the performance was slightly under par. But at the same time, we're still in the top four. We're still in control of our own destiny here, no matter what other teams do. We've still got games to play with games that we can get three points in. So this is just going to be a bit of a blip, I think, in, in, in our kind of form from now on. Let's hope so. I've just seen a picture on Twitter, which is pretty funny. It's uh, Joe Willock tussling with Granite Xhaka. And the caption is, a rare picture here of Xhaka standing up. <laughs> Spent most of the time on the fucking ground yesterday. I mean, Jorginho got man of the match, player of the match, whatever they want to call it these days. But is that shocking to you, Gray? What did Odegaard do wrong? Yeah. Like, Odegaard didn't do anything wrong in that game. Yeah. Odegaard was fantastic. He was very, very good. And he is a very, very good player. I think when they flashed Jorginho's stats up, he was number one in about 10 different statistics. A lot of them being like interceptions, breakups of play. Blades of grass touched with his back. (laughs) (laughs) When they broke it down on the stats, you couldn't really disagree with it. But I think, as you say, great. Odegaard was very unlucky not to get that. But let's not talk about those scumbags. Gray, what were your thoughts on that kind of midfield battle? Yeah, I mean, they just dominated us from the get-go. And one thing which I think probably Arteta or someone in the Arsenal set up probably has noticed that 
Bruno does like to hold onto the ball for probably a little bit longer than maybe he should at times. And yeah, yeah. Odegaard was on him. Like he was coming from all angles. The number of times I think Odegaard just nicked the ball off Bruno was concerning. <laughs> and to think that it kind of happened throughout the game, he didn't really change his tactic in any way to try and stop that from happening. And yeah, like Joe Linton just seemed a little bit lost on the right-hand side at times. I was such a big fan of him on the left and his link at play with Willick, but he just seemed a little bit lost. And Willick as well, like the three of them, it ties into my ways to describe a game, just seemed off the ball and were just completely outplayed. Whether that is down to some tactical nous from Arsenal or just us having a bad day, I don't really know. But it was frustrating to see. I'm a little bit worried that Bruno has gone missing in a few games of late. He doesn't seem to be as impactful when we are missing someone like Longstaff who does all the hard yards and actually picks up those loose passes and interceptions and then gives it to him to then make that next forward pass. Yeah, I think we're probably a little bit lost without Longstaff's legs at the minute and he probably would have been the one there closing out Odegaard on that corner for that shot. And it still baffles me why we had, I think, eight players stood in a line on the 18-yard box just letting him shoot. He's one of the most clinical finishers in the league if you look at his stats. Very dangerous left foot, isn't it? Things we never thought we'd hear. <laughs> Sean Longstaff should have been in that squad. <laughs> I don't know. I was saying this at the pub yesterday, actually. I was like, we'd love to slag Longstaff off when he's on the pitch. But then as soon as he's off the pitch, everyone's like, oh yeah, it's definitely because we're missing Longstaff. He's the missing key here. He's a key to our midfield. Da, 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 da. I think he gets a bit of a hard time and I'm probably guilty of slagging him off in the past myself, but it's the real kind of sign of a player when you watch a team and you think, fuck, something's missing here massively. And it turns out it's Mr. Sean Longstaff of our academy. We talked about Bruno, we talked about J7. I thought Willock was quite wasteful. More than once, someone at the pub yesterday said, what was it, secret agent Willock? Doing his old employers a favour. I think a couple of good chances landed at his feet yesterday. One, I think he fired straight at Ramsdale when it opened up for him. Good work from Wilson. But yeah, it wasn't the only chance he had that he was quite wasteful with. So probably have a few text messages from a few of his old teammates saying thanks very much for that. That was kind of it for the first half. Uh, Eddie Howe, typically, I think Jason Tindall probably had someone up on the wall by their throat, but it came out with <laughs> a bit of renewed vigour in the second half. We got off to a really good start. I mean, there was good work on the right-hand side again from Murphy, puts it in, Isaac heads it onto the bar, so that's twice we've hit the bar in the game. And then a corner from, I think, Trippier, uh, Shah, is in acres of space, has a free header, and manages to head it straight at Ramsdale. On the telly, straight away, he said, oh, that's got to be save of the season. He heads it straight at Ramsdale, makes it very easy for him. But again, you thought, oh, here we go. This is a fight back. 1-0, we're still in this, but it wasn't to be. Again, I would argue against the run of play. Good work on that left-hand side from Arsenal. They fire it into the box and Fabian Scher puts it in for an own goal, which really fucks up my fantasy football points. Thank you, Fabian. I just wanted to say as well, if it hadn't been for Nick Pope, I think it could have been an even worse situation. He put in a f- couple of really, really good saves on the day, didn't he, Hodge? Yeah, for sure. His hands, his feet, his kind of body, everything was kind of put on the line, which I think he did very well to keep it out. I think both keepers did make some kind of good saves, to be fair. 
Yeah, it's, sorry, it is a good save from Ramsdale. It wouldn't take anything away from it. I'm just saying it wasn't yeah. a goal of the, like a save of the season contender. No, no, no. It's fucking straight at him. Not by a long shot, but it is an important save because if we'd scored then, a momentum shift would have been absolutely fantastic. Like, 100%. And without the keeper today, it could have been a 5-5 kind of game. Like That mm. was how it's panned out. But the last kind of point there with like Martinelli crossing that ball to share, like getting an unfortunate own goal, which also fucks my fantasy team as well. <laughs> I think the problem was Botman letting Martinelli run at him too much. He didn't really yeah. stand his ground, just let him kept going, kept going, kept going and got him into that dangerous position. And it's unfortunately what Martinelli does, a very good player who likes to get to the byline and cut balls back. But then obviously you can't let him cut in onto his favoured right foot because he will punish you. I mean, he hit the crossbar at one point where I thought the ball was going so far wide, but it managed to curl itself back and hit the bar where Pope was going to be beaten. But yeah, Keaton's played well, kept us in it, but there was a couple of bits where we could have just been better defensively. And, and again, it was that closing down of that pressure and not letting them go too far forward. Yeah, scuppered us really. Very frustrating. I'm going to come on to talk about a few other bits and bobs. Mainly, Gray will have a five-minute monologue on on how bad the referee was. But before we do so, I'm going to go to a quick break. Um, but before we do that, I'm going to do our socials, which I forgot to do at the start again. Whoopsie doodles. Uh, right, so you can find our podcast on most major podcasting platforms. That is Apple Podcast, Spotify, Acast, etc., etc. You should be able to find us. Really appreciate it if you could give us a five-star rating or review and give us a follow. That would be champion. You can find us on Twitter at TOTT Podcast, on Instagram at TOTT underscore podcast, on Facebook and YoChobe by searching for Talk of the Tune Podcast. Right, we'll be back in a second. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app, at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Right, and we're back. Not a good day on the refereeing front, was it, Gray? Far from it. <laughs> and Get your popcorn ready, people. Hope you've got cups of tea <laughs> and coffee. <laughs> this might surprise you, it might be short and sweet, because, I mean... Okay. It was clear from minute one what Arsenal's game plan was to come waste time. Like Hodge said, Ramsdale should have probably been booked in the first 10 minutes because of the amount of time it took him to set up for goal kicks that you'd go kick at the post, clean his boots after 10 minutes. I'm like, we're playing on a Premier League pitch. There's no mud on the pitch. So why do you have to go <laughs> clean your boots? Back in the old day, like in the 90s, when the goals were caked in mud, then yeah, fair enough. Come on, not now. Also... Whatever happened to the six-second rule in football? Ramsdale was holding on to the ball for a long time and there was a one stage I'd kind of check the clock when he picked it up. And he held on to it for the best part of 18 seconds. How is that not an indirect free kick? If they've abolished that rule, then fair enough. But I mean, then what's stopping a goalkeeper just holding it for as long as he wants? Gray and his laws. I think you must have swallowed the FA guidelines and rules book at some point. I love that. I didn't even know it was six seconds. Or do you know that from FIFA? When you get the little six second warning that comes up. I actually remember seeing an indirect free kick given for a goalkeeper holding onto it for longer than six seconds. 
Really? Yeah. Uh, oh. It was a long, long time ago, but it has happened. Like, the referee just did nothing to try and encourage Arsenal to speed up. We mentioned Arsenal spending Agreed. a hell of a lot of time on the floor, but I don't think the Arsenal physios once entered the field of play. So how can you spend probably the best parts of 20 minutes with players on the floor mm. and not have a physio on? But the referee actually called the physio on several times for Arsenal, but the physio just mm. didn't do anything. And there was one time there was the physio was out of the dugout before the player had even fallen over. <laughs> I was like, oh, come on, like you are just having a laugh. And I, I know it's bad to book someone who's rolling around with the floor, supposedly in agony, but you've got the power to do something about it. Like the minute you book someone, people stop doing it because they know they can't do it. And if it's a midfielder, say Shaka, Cheat. his game is to make tackles and things like that. So if he's throwing himself on the floor blatantly to try and time race, puts him at risk of a red card. So why let them do it? We've been accused of doing it so many times and it's getting unfair because you look at Man United when they came to us, they did exactly the same thing. Liverpool did exactly the same thing. And I mean, Tottenham didn't have the luxury of doing the same thing against us because they were 5-0 down after 20 minutes. Yeah, It's infuriating to watch now and you can't be proud of a team who does it. It was. And the benefit of television, I mean, there was points where Gabriel Jesus threw himself to the ground and screamed so loud near the on-pitch microphone that we thought someone in the pub had screamed. It was like a blood-curdling scream that you'd hear from a child. Was that after Shah touched him? <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he threw himself to the ground. He screamed like a little girl. But then I love it when they get up and then start trying to fight someone. Like, what are you? Are you a pussy or are you a hard man? I don't really understand what game you're trying to play. You're fucking fully grown men and you're throwing yourself to the ground screaming. And then trying to get up and fight Fabian share, make your mind up, whatever the fuck you are. On that point, Gray, on the physios, it really got on my tits. Xhaka throws himself to the ground right next to the, the byline. And the physio is literally treating him off the pitch or, you know, talking to him off the pitch when he's right on the pitch. It summed up their time wasting. He could have rolled off or he could have moved the extra 50 centimeters to get off the pitch. But no, he stays on there and miraculously he's fine. We can't really say anything about that when Longstaff did that against Everton, though, can we? <laughs> well, Longstaff was halved. He, he was. And now yeah. he's been out for two games because of that challenge. So I'd say that's probably not the best example. I'm on my high horse now, sorry. I think the Arsenal fans probably say this is fair cop for when we went to the Emirates and ground out a result. Problem is, you've got people like Arteta, Klopp, Guardiola, flapping their arms around, jumping around, screaming at fourth officials. You've got Eddie Howe, the flip side being a really good example for English football and for managers, doesn't say anything. He's not screaming at the fourth official. Mind you, that's probably because Tyndall is. <laughs> that's what I say. <laughs> he comes out after the match and he kind of says, right, fair cup, whatever. Yeah, there's nothing we can do. We can't change this. But it was very frustrating that the referee would allow that. And I know you've had a few pretty pleased Arsenal fans who are your mates, Hodge, messaged you about that. Yeah, bit annoying. I don't usually get involved in this sort of bit of the football. I don't really message people and be like, ha ha, like, Wee, what do you think of that? Wee? I just, I believe in karma, being a Newcastle fan for 14 I years. Mean, and I actually do. like, <laughs> man, hopefully it's going to come right back around because I've been patient for so many years. I ended up watching Arteta for about maybe a minute and a half in his technical area at one point when we had the ball. And he just constantly was looking at Tyndall and shouting stuff at him. Yeah. And just waving his arms and, and just doing his arteta thing, which just really pisses me off. Let the players on the pitch play it. Like, don't, you don't need to be shouting at another fucking manager 
or having that kind of beef. That's not football. And I can see why people don't like football because of what goes on with the players diving and the managers and all this stuff. And I can I can honestly see why people have gone, nah, sorry, I'll go and watch rugby instead because it's a way more respectful game. Uh, yeah. He's playing his little mind games. Ultimately, he's got his moral victory. He's won. It's just really begrudging to see someone with absolutely no class come away with the points there. And then you've got Eddie Howe being a beacon of respect and class, I would say, in the Premier League. Yeah, it's just really annoying to lose to a team in that style with that kind of performance. Just no class from them at all. So (laughs) frustrating. (laughs) Right, anyway, let's draw a line under that Arsenal result and look ahead to the future. As I say, we've got to secure six points, apparently to secure Champions League football. Four games left. Next up is Leeds United, Gray's second team. Gray, what do you think the score is going to be against Leeds United away at Elland Road? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a, a tough one, isn't it? Coming up a manager who is as good, if not better, than Pep and Klopp. And <laughs> Outrageous! <laughs> I mean, was it, did you say he's managed more games of a league than they have, but they've also only been at one club and he's had 12, so yeah, I don't know what... Uh, Looks deluded. He really is. So I think he'll organise them defensively a little bit, but I still see us running out and I think we've got something to prove after yesterday so mm-hmm. I like to go with it a lot so let's go 4-0 again 4-0 one yeah. day will come through at the minute you're just wasting one pound a week on 4-0 results I'm just waiting for a big payday that's all it is <laughs> it'll happen <laughs> I mean Hodge last time we were beaten 2-0 we came back and went on a fantastic run and that was obviously the Liverpool game and then we are beaten 2-0 by Man United and then we were beaten 2-0 by Man City 2-0 against Arsenal. Do you think we'll come back firing? Yeah, I think we'll uh, beat John Carver 2.0. I think we'll beat him 2-0. 2-0 from you. Let's hope so. Let's hope we can fight back. We have done typically in the past. Let's go for... I'm going to go 3-1 Newcastle. 3-1. I'm going to put me bet on right now. And we've had one win so far. That was me. So we're hey. I was close yesterday. I said 2-1. You were, I thought, I, I was thinking to myself, Hodgie's on for his 2-1 Arsenal bet here, having bet against Newcastle United, but we won't talk about that. Right, that's bets placed. Let's hope for a positive result against Leeds, and we will see you after that result. So thanks very much for listening, and we will see you in the next one. Bye-bye. Bye, Taddy. Bye. Oh, me lads, you should have seen us coming. Passing the books along the road. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal a last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.